And he does his classic pose where his back is to you. Oh, yeah. And he puts his headband yeah. down and then he tightens his headband and just flexes out his lats and his back. Yeah. And he's so jacked. And you can see all of his like cuts and scars from like the hell that he's been it's through. <laughs> so they have this like stick fight. They fight each other and there's a kicking and hitting and it's a great fight scene. But the craziest part of the fight scene is when he's one and he's standing over the guy. It's very evident. Look, Rambo is crazy. Yeah. He is like obviously lost his mind. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Our mission is to take you on a most excellent adventure through time. Buzz in the Tower is so much more than a podcast. It's the map to One-Eyed Willie's treasure. And all you have to do is sit back, listen, and repeat after me. Klaatu! Barata! <clears throat> Buzz in the Tower answers the questions you didn't even know you had. Like who would win in a fight, John Rambo or Hans Gruber? Or who is dreamier, Jake Ryan or Marty McFly? So as we rank, debate, and offer fresh takes of the best of the best from 80s cinema, please remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to a podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Don't forget to subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For bonus content, you can find us on all social media channels by searching our handle at Buzz in the Tower. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us with topics you'd like us to talk about, visit our website, buzzinthetower.com. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, thetower.com. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Verde Media. Max, I couldn't be happier with the way our website looks. So good. Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to take a look at our website yet, you need to right away. These guys, website development, online marketing, they are outstanding. Am I exaggerating at all? It is so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend having them build you one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, look, they're the best of the best. And working with John, uh, their owner, a self-admitted 80s martial arts movie nerd was an absolute joy. Is that why you said the best of the best? That is why I said that yeah. was a tip of the hat to John. Um, they're more than our sponsor. They're our partner. And if you are looking to build a website, they are the group to go to. Uh, find their link on our website and check them out, Verde Media. Today's episode, the best 80s opening scenes. The opening sequence of a film can make or break the movie-going experience. In order to suspend reality, buy into the story, fall in love with the character, or white-knuckle with suspense, you must first be hooked with the beginning of the movie. Today on Buzz in the Tower, we're going to list our favorite 80s opening scenes, the ones that to this day give us goosebumps and lock us in for a 90-minute cinematic thrill ride. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the TriStar Pictures Pegasus to my MGM lion, Max Sanders. And with that... Tell me that doesn't excite you. Goosebumps! I love... I don't even know if you were old enough to remember this but when hbo used to have the oh my god that thing when you when i was a kid growing up that intro to hbo movies was yeah. like huge right because like if, if unless you're going to blockbuster or video max to get movies hbo is your jam and it would have all the movies on it i don't remember i don't remember that. i know it's okay <laughs> Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, <laughs> Max Sanders. How you doing, buddy? Good. I'm excited. I am too. Last week, we talked about how villains met their maker, like the best villain death. So fun. Today, we're doing a little uh, flip, and we're starting at the beginning. We're That's talking about, yeah, instead of the end. <laughs> well, last week, we started at the end. This week, we're starting at the beginning. The opening sequence, the opening scene, given a little flexibility on what we call this, because it's not just the opening credits. It's that first kind of chunk, right? Not the first full act of the movie, but that first introduction to the movie we've got some favorites we're going to talk about them i'm i yeah 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 <laughs> i don't know I'm no you're excited you're always excited that's why that's what i love about you your excitement wait i got one thing to say actually. oh boy his hands so, up folks he's got his hand he raised his hand very polite very polite so a good movie can overcome a bad intro scene but i've never seen a great intro scene to a bad movie Ooh, can you think about it I you Name put your, me on the spot but i can't think of yeah you're right i cannot think of a single well i'll give you one tiny one <gasps> 
Yeah. I do. I do have one what? because I almost put it on my list, but it's just overall not a good enough movie. Masters of the Universe. The intro to Masters of the movie. Universe. Yeah, that's, that's that's the problem is that you think Courtney it's a great Cox, movie. Call me. The the intro to Masters of the Universe. As a kid, yeah. When I saw that, my hope expanded. I'm like, oh my god! Like they're Castle Grayskull. They're Skeletor. Oh my god! Yeah. And then. <laughs> so that would you don't be, like Dolph? Dolph's interpretation? It's not bad. It, I it, have the power. I've talked this, about this before. It's Gwildor that killed me. Like I wanted Orko. Orko was my you, favorite. Are you part of like a Reddit Gwildor hating group? <laughs> do you know Sean loves Gwildor? Sean, <laughs> I like begged, him. Sean begged me to do like an episode on Gwildor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so before we jump, we've already jumped in. Before we go any further. I just want to say something. Our fans are the best fans out there. Are they? I typically have nothing negative <laughs> to say about them. But last week on the show, we put a challenge out there. The $50 80s tees.com, our sponsor, best t-shirts in the land by far. Incredible. Our fans let us down. Our fans let 80s tees.com down. You could have won a $50 gift card. All you had to do is find any person that acted in any movie in the 80s and get them to post, hey, we love Buzz in the Tower, or hey, check out this podcast, or even just tag Buzz in the Tower, and you would have won. And I'm looking specifically right now at Graham Elliott. I know you're listening. I, I was expecting better from you. Yeah. And $2 late fee. You guys have an 80s actor or actress on your show every other week, and you couldn't get one of them just to utter the words Buzz in the Tower. I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I took sadness baths all week and listened to Tracy Chapman. Sadness baths. Well, as a guy, we don't really take baths that much. It's no. like you go on a wipe the shame off yourself. Yeah. So when you do take a bath, it's a sadness bath. Yeah. Or like I like candles and like have fun. Oh my God almighty. All right. So <laughs> anywho, uh, so we're going to extend our competition one more week. We're going to call this the redemption week. And uh, I, like I said, I already called out the two people I thought could pull it off. We have other fans that should be able to pull it off. So any eighties actor or actress who is in any eighties movie. Yeah. Sam in LA. What the heck? Yeah. You if, know, Donald Sutherland. Exactly. If they, if they do anything, on social media having to do with Buzz in the Tower. They tag any of our platforms or send people to our website, um, buzzinthetower.com, or to our podcast. That $50 gift. And it's a $50 80stees.com 80s gift card. Yeah. That's that's like gold. Reach out to Anthony Michael Hall. He, he talks to us. Yeah, we talked to him. We had a back and forth conversation with Anthony Michael Hall. He did answer us. And he was super nice. <laughs> and which reminds me, I want to give a shout out to One Night with Anthony Michael Hall. AMH. Yeah, he's got a show at the Stadium Theater. He's touring. He's starting in Rhode Island. Go find him on Instagram. Go find him on Facebook. It'll take you direct link to his shows. But if you love the 80s and you're in the town that he's performing, you'd be crazy not to go. Yeah, and like I said, we, we spoke back and forth with him. So we're practically best friends with him is that how you read it because i screamed I like a teenage girl yeah well i called you i was like max max have you seen this and you're like seen what i was like anthony michael hall like you always see the celebrity showers before i do i, know, I, Jeremy Piven. I, I know i have a six sense. sense you just check instagram all the time that's possible too <laughs> but i mean i think what we're really glossing over here is that jeremy piven and anthony michael hall friends of the show that'd be a cool foursome to hang out with. oh man we get in trouble yeah we go to time. vegas i want to go to nantucket and <laughs> i want to reshoot scenes from one crazy summer oh with piven except yeah. with anthony michael hall yeah yeah I guess though you'd probably want to do weird science. Yeah, I mean, no, no, I want to do yeah weird science. This yeah. is this is going nowhere. Yeah, what are we talking? About? All right, anyways, Lisa, I love you, Kelly LeBrock. There we go. You shout out more. I love you. You've already today you've done Courtney Cox and Kelly LeBrock. Are you not okay with either one of those? No, I would never cheat on Elizabeth Shue, so you don't have to worry about me saying that. So people anyway, love Elizabeth Shue. People or your co-host no. Mo Shapiro. I'm saying when I post something on TikTok or Instagram, about they Elizabeth lose their Shue, minds. They lose. Yes, <laughs> I understand that. Which, by the way. If anybody makes Elizabeth shoe right aware there? that yeah. we're alive, yeah. I'm going to throw in two $50 gift cards for 80 Throwing five. Wow, it's cocky. That's coming out of your cut. All right, um, so today's episode, we're talking about movie intros. I think the good way to tee this up is to talk about movie intros and movie sequences and movie opening scenes outside of the 80s. Because there are some amazing ones okay. that, that break my heart a little bit that we can't touch. Off the top of my head, a movie that I know kills you that we can't talk Goodfellas? about. Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Goodfellas. that that might be... For as long as I remember, uh, I always want to be a gangster. That, right? Yeah. I mean, so I'm going to rattle off. I, these are two two or three of what I would argue the best outside of the 80s ones. The Dark Knight. Yep. yep. Uh, boy, you're stealing my list. Jaws. Jaws is a good one. Jaws is a really good one. Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. That's another really good yeah. one. Um, and like the electricity is coming out of the guitar. Now, do you know the best one ever? The best one ever. Ever. I mean, I, it's in the 80s. I'm not going to say it right now. No, my, my, I don't think the best one ever is in the 80s. What is it? Point Break. Point Break is my favorite beginning to any movie ever. Ever. Well, remind me. It's the sequence that's, it's the juxtaposition of the servers and Johnny Utah going through the FBI Academy. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's like, he's chewing gum and he's like, and then he's like shooting him, shooting at the cardboard cutouts. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's just 
pure energy for me. Like if you look at my face right now, I'm like, I'm like lit up because I love that so much. So the best homage to the eighties one is the rundown with the rock. That's a really good Cause one. He's in the club. You yep. have to beat up five NFL football players to get like the money that someone gambled away. Uh, you know, the other one I'll give a huge shout out to Heat. Uh, Halloween. John Carpenter's original Halloween. The first one. What which- scream? Scream's really good, yeah. but Halloween. Hall- but Halloween, it's like you're seeing it through the eyes of the little kid. Be- I mean, it sets the entire stage for what it's about. Mike Myers. Yeah, that's true. Not Austin Powers. Mike Myers. Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. behave. <laughs> So it's a really the, bad this is the type of thing we're going to do today, we're, yeah. except we're going to just kind of localize it to the 80s. And you and That's I are going to bust it up. This, we're an 80s film podcast. We're an anesthetic for the 80s. Okay, then. So look. Local, localization. Of That's not always, yeah, sorry, good, man. You're right? good. Whatever you say. Um, so I've got five. You got five. As usual, we haven't seen each other's lists. I am going to speak to this. I don't, I'm, I'm considering doing it. I don't know if I'm going to do it before or after. There are some like big omissions on here for me, but there's logic behind the omissions. So I'm no, going to talk. Mine's airtight. Yeah, your mine's not airtight. So I'm going to give you an example of an omission that I had. Okay. Um, the Karate Kid 2 and Rocky 2. So the reason that Rocky I- Rocky 2 78, you dimwit. Rocky 2 is? Yeah. Have we had this argument before? 76, 80. Yeah, 76, right. 70, God, 8. Plus America, you're right. I've literally had this, I've had this conversation with you yeah. more times than I've said, yeah. happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. God, why can I never remember that? All right, Karate Kid 2. Yeah. I felt like if the beginning sequence borrowed heavily from the previous movie, yeah, that, yeah, that it just count. didn't feel right no, to me. Absolutely. Okay, good. Yeah. All right, good, yeah, good, good, that's good. fair. All right, well, there you go. Yeah. That's my. That's really all I got another, but I'll talk about it at the end of the show. I'm holding on to a couple things. Okay, some near misses. Max, as always, I'm going to have you start first because I feel like it's a power play. I want. I want you to know I'm asserting my dominance by telling you you <laughs> have to go you're first. You're the alpha walrus. I did this specifically in the order, so you're getting my fifth best to my number one. I'm doing that too. Kind good, of. excellent. Yeah, yeah. My first pick, which I'm not going to do yet because you're going first, but my first pick is going to shock you. Yeah. But go ahead. I want what's you to the, start. What's the worst intro in any movie ever? Oh, wow. Howard the Duck? <laughs> Tip, duck that's my, my go-to when you say, what's the worst? <laughs> I don't even listen to the rest you say. I'm like Howard the Duck. Hit me, Max. What's your first one? I'm excited. Okay. First one, I want to define the 80s. Oh. I want it to be over the top, carefree absurdity. Because there's a lot of these like really silly intros you know, where you're like, wow. They really weren't trying, but they're having a great time. Right. And, and to your point, like, I think people underestimate the importance of the intro because go back to the eighties for a minute. Like there wasn't, I couldn't just go on YouTube and rewatch the trailer. You know, the, like these intros, either they hooked you or you were going to be, you know, walk out, walk out or not paying attention or not into the movie. This is, this is the swipe right of the film. Like tender? if you, if yeah, it's a tender thing. Apparently, I don't know. I thought you would know before I would know. This is the profile picture of the Facebook page. Of the, this is the profile picture of the MySpace page for this movie. Does okay, that make you feel better? Like yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go. All right, all right, all right, Max, set me up. Three men and a baby. Oh, three men and a baby. Nineteen eighty-seven. Boy, I walk me through this. I, I kind of remember the intro. Okay, of this. first let's talk about the movie. Yeah, for, for the layman's out there. <laughs> My turn to tell you that. All right, but uh, three bachelors find themselves forced to take care of a baby left by one of the guy's girlfriends. Sure. Do you know this is the highest grossing movie of 1987? I did not know Made that. 240 million dollars. I, I love I love how much money movie makes. I know that yeah. in the height of actors is your bailiwick. Dancing Here and uh, Selleck are hot. Here or tall. We go. Did hot you say hot? You just said hot. No, no, that's yeah. not getting cut out. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So am I doing movie facts first or am I going into the you're, you're, Hey, you're in charge. You drive. I'm not, okay. making, I'm not making a lot of rules today. Cool. Tom Selleck, Steve Gutenberg, Ted Danton. The Goot. Yeah. Hey, I wonder if uh, $2 late fee's listening and you could go find the Goot and get him to post something. I'm sorry. I got to let it go. Just <laughs> let, let it go. Let, let it go. Let breathe. it go. Jeez. I mean- they seem like friends. They seem just like they're having a good time. Yeah. This is a weird movie, though. There's like a drug deal gone wrong in the middle of it. There's cross-dressing. It's just a wild movie. It is a wild movie. Yeah, and I just love like the camp and brashness of it and how 80s, like I said, this is. You know what I mean? Like the style and everything. So the intro, I'll get into the intro now. It's three minutes and 55 seconds. <laughs> Timed it. So of course you typed it. What? Nothing. You just, your approach on this is so different than mine, but that's yeah. okay. Go ahead. We're Go ahead. processes. Yep. Uh, um, <laughs> So intro, the touchstone pictures comes across the screen. Yeah. And the bottom, the blue, the little lightning bolt that goes across. Yeah, yeah. It makes me feel safe. You know, <laughs> it's not what? Nothing. You're just a weirdo. <laughs> you have to stop saying what every time I laugh at you or you're going to say what 500 times an episode. What? Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Bad Boy by Miami Sound Bad Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Bad yeah. Boy. Yeah. Okay. I'm remembering. It's coming yeah. back to me now. Yeah. Gutenberg's in his overalls. He's painting a wall. 
in the most ridiculous like caricature. How do you say the word? Caricature. That's yeah, right. The, yeah. the guy in the park is like, let me draw you in a dune Cedar, buggy. Cedar Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just this kind of fast forward montage. Love a good montage. By the way, shout out 80s movie montage podcast. They rule. Ted Danson is with some blonde girl with some serious 80s hair. And then three men goes in in baby blue. Uh-huh. And then pink bubble letters and a baby. And it's like, yeah, okay. This is going to be strange. These guys don't know how to raise a child. And what? Nothing. <laughs> I see you looking at your lips. Because I'm, I'm just trying to think like it's... Int- Go ahead. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not going to... S- so girls keep coming in and out. Sure. They're giving bro high fives. There's high energy. I mean, there's this random girl with Gutenberg with a perm. He's drawing the 18, 80s cartoon art. And it's like the nicest apartment ever. It's the penthouse of some New York, you know, it's got to be like 15, 20 million dollars. Sure. You learn Peter's the architect. Yeah. You know, Selleck with the mustache. Selleck starts jogging in the shortest jogging shorts you've ever seen in your life. That's his style. Yeah. And he picks up a girl jogging like he sure. goes the other way. Sure. And he with that mustache? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. If I, could, I can't grow a mustache. If I had that stash, <laughs> game over. But uh, I don't know what game over. But no, I, that's, I, that's I, right. I, I'm not sure what game you're even playing. I know. That's the game of life. <laughs> there you go. Selleck wins with that mustache. He does. He does. <laughs> but he brings the uh, runner up. And when she leaves, she does the uh, hand to the chest, like, oh, kind of thing. As she goes down the elevator, their private elevator. <laughs> and like one of the girls they bring home punches <laughs> Steve Gutenberg in, in the gut as she leaves. Uh-huh. And then they choke each other jokingly. They're having fun. You can tell. And they're drinking champagne when he's done the mural. Yeah. It's just. It's brightly colored. It's silly. It means nothing. And you know exactly who these guys are. They're men. They're man children. It's interesting. So the, here's the thing about the pick. Okay. And this is this is this isn't a wrong. So the, I often feel like I'm too quick to say bad job, Max. And this is, <laughs> I'm not going to say bad job. The way you consume and watch movies is so different for me. Like you love the clean simple this is 80s this is literally like i just we had this conversation the other day about three men and a baby how you were like this is the most 80s movie ever yep like everything about this movie screams 80s the style is insane. the style <laughs> the dialogue the story yeah. like it's this fish out of water it's mr mom we talked about why mr mom was so successful yeah, because of- like in the 80s yeah. the idea that a man could take <laughs> care of a baby my <laughs> word like it didn't exist right yeah. and now you have this movie so i get it i get why you picked this yeah. not crazy uh max yep your turn I'm, it's my turn is it muppets takes no it's not this this of my five will be the one that's the most shocking to you okay you ready how are the duck no 1983 terms of endearment what yep so hear me out right so first i'll talk briefly first of all if i can make it through this movie without crying if i can talk about this movie for once in my life without crying i deserve an ice cream cone (laughs) i want you to get me an ice cream cone like the spongebob on with the weird eyes yes when i rewatched this intro just the intro mind you which is like not even like a minute and a half long cried like i can't watch any part of this movie without crying ever it's insane. It's your kryptonite. It is. This might be my kryptonite. <laughs> so uh, Shirley MacLaine, Deborah Winger, Jeff Daniels, Jack Nicholson, John Lithgow. Um, this is the movie highlighting the beautiful relationship between a mother and a daughter. And the daughter grows up and ends up having, spoiler alert, and also emotionally devastating alert. Um, she grows up, gets sick, dies. And we talked about this movie on our Mother's Day special, which was a mess for me. A I think we, we did it first. I think we actually covered it first. We could like, get it out of the like way. It was, it was tough. So... Do you remember the opening sequence of this movie? Is it them pre-wedding? It's not. If you go back and watch it, you'll understand why I picked it. So for me, when I'm picking these movies, the hardest thing that I'm struggling with is reverse engineering my love for the intro. So do I love the movie so much that when I see some obscure intro, I just get excited because I know what the movie is? Or does the movie itself, does the intro itself stand on its own? Mm. So I really focused on the intro itself standing on its own. And I rewatched this. I can't totally emotionally divorce myself from it, but I rewatched it. The opening scene of this movie, dark room, bottom right corner. All you see is a little clown nightlight. Oh, it's the baby part. Right? And Shirley MacLaine comes into the room. This isn't a great intro. And her, I, <laughs> you're getting emotional. Yeah. I know. Just come on. Let me just do this. Okay. So you hear her husband saying the baby's fine. You don't need to check on the baby. That's let, the, let the baby. The I know. Yeah. I know. Let the baby sleep. And she comes in there and says crib death calls it like crib death, which yeah. at, at the time would have been like SIDS. SIDS yeah. yeah. She crawls, she like steps on a step stool, reaches in there and like pinches the baby. So the baby starts crying and says, that's better. Cut to the father, the husband um, passes away. Later that night, she's washing up and the daughter, <laughs> the daughter's in bed asleep. And Shirley, Shirley MacLaine comes into the bedroom and says, you know, hey, I want to check on you. Wakes her up. You know, it's supposed to almost reflect when she was right, a little right. baby and says, you know, did you want it? I was kind of stressed and I thought maybe you'd want to come sleep with me. And the little girl says, no. 
She goes, but you want to sleep with me again? And Shirley MacLaine says yes and crawls into bed with the daughter. It's the most beautiful intro and opening scene of a movie ever. It sets the entire stage for the movie about what the movie's about, which is this codependent relationship between this mother and daughter that like that no matter the highs, the lows, everything else, there's just this incredible love. I'm not going to be sappy or sad for the rest of this entire episode, oh, yeah, but it. I, I had, but like that intro to me perfectly, it introduces you to the story and the characters beautifully. Like, you know, Shirley MacLaine in a minute and a half in this movie, you know what she's all about. Yeah, you're a dad. Yeah, Whatever, I'll let you have it. I know you're, yeah. you, you know, you zoned out. No, I will. No action. Nothing happens. I, not everything is action. Max needs action. Um, I will tell you, we've talked at lengths about kind of cool facts about this movie. I'll just give you the two that I think are the most incredible. And I think we've talked about before, but I don't care. 11 Academy Award nominations for this movie. Brooks won the Academy Award for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Writing. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was his first directorial debut. The other fact I think is wild. He gets a special gift at the end of this movie, at the end of production. It's a congratulation for completing his first movie. It's a book called Life in Hell. It's cartoons drawn by Matt Groening, and this is the beginning of The Simpsons. That's Groening and Brooks. I think that's incredible. Yeah, Broadcast news is better, but whatever. (sighs) Anyways, that's my number five. Max, to you for number four. All right, let's liven this up. I know. I told you. I I, I knew that this was going to trip you up, but I'm done. All the rest of mine, you're going to be more excited about. Okay. Two words, one lifestyle, Roadhouse. Let's go. That's a good one. Roundhouse kicks and mullets. Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> I thought you'd be bigger. Uh, in 1989, a cooler comes to town to corral a bar. And wait, wait, wait. We got to tell people what a cooler is. Not everybody knows a cooler is not just a bouncer. He's the bouncer that breaks necks, punches people in the face. He's what I used to be when I was a bouncer. You, you know? were not. You kicked girls in the face. Well, by accident. Yeah. One, one by time. jumping the bar. One time. Yeah. It sounds bad. <laughs> Don't, could could you not make it sound like yeah. I went around kicking girls in the face? I accidentally <laughs> yeah. kicked. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. And moving along. Crane kicking. You know what? You taught me a lesson. I'll shut up now when yeah. you're talking about yours. Pain don't hurt. I mean, what, I mean, what is better than this movie? Like Swayze as Dalton. Patrick Swayze is just, this is his perfect role. This yeah. and Dirty Dancing, I think, are the two. We can't talk about Point Break. Well, no, we can't. Yeah. And also, I would tell you, just to slow down a little bit, a little teaser, we might be doing a tribute to Patrick Swayze episode soon. So we'll oh go too God. deep, you know? Yeah, I'm so excited for that. <laughs> but uh, Kelly Lynch in her prime as Doc. I love I love Kelly Lynch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like she didn't translate after the 80s. It's kind of no, weird. It is weird. Yeah. She, this and co- she was great in this. This and Cocktail. She's yeah. awesome. I I mean, co- she was, oh, Cocktail. Well, Cocktail, she really didn't have a role. She just wore a bikini. Yeah. Which, well, um, no, she was pretty like detestable, but also lovable. It was. Yeah, was, okay. Yeah, she had that scene with Tom Cruise. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Sam Elliott in the coolest role yeah. ever as Wade Garrett. Yeah. Oh, my God. If, is that your favorite role? Because I go to Prancer. <laughs> If I could wake up as someone, I would want to wake up as Wade Garrett. Oh, wow. That hair, when he puts his hand through it, it's like greasy. <sighs> Max talking hair. What? It's great. We don't have any. So <laughs> it's Don't nice. put me in your boat. I have more hair than you. But I'm not talking about it. You don't yeah. need to tell everyone. Okay. <laughs> Jasper, Missouri. I mean, it's just, it's a crazy movie directed by a guy named Rowdy Harrington, which he didn't really do anything else, but God bless him. Original cut of this movie was three hours and 20 minutes. Sure. Did you know that? No. Then like, there's a scene where Dalton makes all the bouncers wear ballet outfits and like, tr- oh, teaches we, them get, about. we need to get the director's cut of this. I've been, I've been looking everywhere. I can't find it. There's even a scene where Keith David is a customer. Uh-huh. You, know, you know, he's a bartender. Yeah, later, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, he beats the crap out of someone who's like causing trouble there yeah, yeah. and they become friends. There's a ton of Keith David scenes that oh, are cut we, out. We really do need I to know. I need to find this. Like, and <laughs> sorry, I'm getting flustered. That's okay. Intro. Yeah. Talk intro. Cause okay. I don't even, I don't even entirely remember the intro other than he's getting hired in the intro. Right? Okay. Intro. MGM Lion comes out. You know, the RAR. You know, I think that might be my favorite one. Is that the your RAR? favorite? Yeah. It might be. Yeah. yeah. R A W R. Rawr, rawr, yeah. Rawr. <laughs> and then United Art- Artist Silver comes out too, which I think is a debunked uh, film house too. Okay. So that was fun. There's some country funk, some kind of rambling music comes on. It's Don't Throw Stones by the Cruzados. Sure. And it's like, buy me a big TV and like, you know, <laughs> long hair and jeans and non-ironic like leather vests and, you know. <laughs> not ironic <laughs> What a great name for a clothing company. <laughs> not ironic leather vests. <laughs> Hot pink neon lettering for the credits, which right. I was not ready for. Right. I mean, that doesn't seem road no, just No, yeah. caught you off guard. You see the bandstand in neon red. And, you know, mm. that's the bar where Dalton's working. And a Ferrari comes in with the cheese grater sides, the 1988 Testarossa. Yep. Girls in heels. You know, I mean, it's it's a bumping bar. And then Tillman comes in in a, you know, Tillman who's running. A, yeah, he's got the Texas tie, right? Isn't yeah, he wearing he one of those he Texas does. ties? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So he's walking in. He's coming from a limo. You're like, oh, who's this guy? And then they show the bar. 
There's six shots being poured at a time. There's cash register rings. Some guy throws down his card and goes- You are ready to get back to bartending. I can see your eyes are like lighting up talking about this. Some guy throws down a card and goes, gold plastic. Like who said, did someone say that? You you serve kids that do that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah, that's true. They don't say gold plastic. No, they say, uh, what a, Amex Black. That's true. They don't say it, they just give it. (laughs) Someone ordered last night an RBV as a Red Bull vodka. I was like, get out of here. Just leave. (laughs) An RBV. You're terrible. If you do that at a bar, you just- your band. Uh, Anyways, they show Dalton. He's bopping his head along to the yeah, music. Yeah. And there's a guy at a table with a girl. He throws down a hundred dollar bill for no reason. Like the woman tries to grab it. It looks like she was giving it. He was giving it to her. Yeah. yeah. He stabs it with a knife. Sure. <laughs> Bouncers come up, try to like calm him down. They kind of calm him down. He takes the knife, stabs Dalton in the, in the shoulder. Dalton doesn't flinch. Right. <laughs> and the guy's like, I could take you. Cause pain don't hurt. Yeah. And he goes outside. So they take him outside. Patrick Swayze is wearing pants with 37 pleats in them. I don't know why that is. I don't know if that was a look. I mean, his mullet's ridiculous. There's seven guys outside. He just leaves him outside. Doesn't say a word. Comes inside. Goes inside. Stitches himself up. Tillman walks into the room. This is your favorite part of the oh, entire movie. Oh, my God. Tillman's like, coming to a little bit of money. You know what I mean? I want to fix up the double deuce. I love what he goes. He goes, now it's a place to sweep up the eyeballs at the end of the night. That's a great line, isn't that? That's unique. Yeah. Yeah. And then Swayze, you're like, oh, he's going to take it. Is he not? I mean, I, obviously, he's going to take it because, you know, that's the movie. Yeah, the movie would be over pretty quickly. He goes, 5000 up front, 500 a night cash, and you pay all medical expenses. And you're like, yes! He's going to do it. He leaves, the, he leaves the guy who's run the bandstand high and dry, and he gives... Tillman gives him a plane ticket and he goes, I don't fly too dangerous. It's like he just got stabbed in the arm. That was, it was very B.A. Baracus from yeah. the 18. Yeah, yeah. It was nice. It was nice. Six minutes, 21 seconds. Mwah, chef's kiss. Oh, uh, the old chef kiss. Uh, it's a good pick. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that pick. I like that pick. Uh, and that takes me to my number four pick. I, I love it's this pick. It's going to be Sophie's Choice? No. <laughs> I lo- no, I love this pick. I love this pick so much. Rambo 3. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Rambo 3, dude. One of my favorites. Oh, my God. Uh, directed by Peter McDonald, uh, written by Stallone. But when I say written by Stallone, <laughs> other people wrote it, and then he was like, no, 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 and he changed everything up. I'll give you the quick synopsis of the movie. Rambo Rambo kills things. Yes. In the first Rambo, um, obviously, it was just him versus uh, Tommy Sr. from Tommy Boy. Uh, first Blood Part 2. James Cameron written. Yes, um, which feels like a James Cameron movie. Yeah. Uh, Trotman gives, him, gives Rambo an opportunity to cut some time off of his sentence by basically going back and the jungle and taking pictures of POWs. We know how that pans out. Not great. Rambo three, Trotman comes back and he says, Hey, we're going to Afghanistan and we we need your help to save these, you know, villagers. And he says, not my war. And then Trotman gets captured and Rambo has to go save him. I want to go some of the facts on this. I think are fascinating. I didn't know. I always say this, Max, my favorite part of us, of our podcast is learning stuff about these movies. I didn't know after the huge success of Rambo first blood part two, and then the massive hit of Rocky four, like $300 million. Yeah. Stallone could do whatever he wants. So he did. He, he basically said, he goes, whatever they were paying him, he said, please also throw in a Gulfstream jet. Nice. And that's what they threw in as a $12 million jet as it, part of doing the film. Hi, the guy who directed uh, Highlander, Russell McCauley, was originally hired by Stallone because Stallone was like a huge fan of that. And also the Duran Duran, um, Duran Duran video, which I think he did both. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, fires him. <laughs> fires like most of the crew. Stallone uh, was difficult. In the 80s. A very well because yeah. he was a god. He could do whatever he wants. Yeah. I have. Or I told you I had a fact at the beginning that would blow your mind. This is the fact that okay. would blow your mind. The horse that Rambo rides is the same horse ridden by Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That's incredible. how wild is yeah. that? Is that not incredible? What's the horse's name? I don't know. I know. Clip I go that far. You've got the root clip. <laughs> what is that from? Like. Uh, oh, what is Simpsons, that? I yes, think. yes, yeah. it is. Yes, he it likes is. sugar cubes. It took me yeah. for a minute yeah. to remember. Yeah. Um, in the 1990, this is the 90 version, right? 1990 Guinness Book of World Record deemed that Rambo 3 was the most violent film ever made. Awesome. <laughs> that was, again, that was in 90. It's changed since then. 221 acts of violence, 70 explosions, 108 characters killed on screen. <laughs> so many. <laughs> so many. It also was the most expensive film ever made at the time, but it actually just had gotten beat in 89 by Back to the Future 2. Does this, is this the one where a tank crashes into a helicopter? Yes. Okay. I believe so. <laughs> That's like the kind of the... It's the, the whole movie's out it's of control. Awesome. It's, it's my, out of control. It's my favorite Rambo. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know the first one. Because the first one's a real movie. So, I mean. The you in, love action films. The intro. The, yeah, so, let's get, to, yeah, yeah, so yeah. let's get to the. I was stunned that you did. Because I know you love the stick fighting. So I was surprised yeah. you didn't put this on I've your list so of sly, intros. I've been so sly heavy. 
So the open of this movie is Troutman and Clarence Boddicker show Boddicker. up. Boddicker! Clarence! I'm, I'm just kidding. For those of you that don't know my obsession with uh, Clarence Boddicker, Kurtwood Smith, who plays Griggs, um, shows up at an embassy in Bangkok, and he's with Troutman. And it's the, the, the opening of this movie is, first of all, at the very beginning, it's like quiet music, and then bomb, bomb, <laughs> and it just shows like the quick Rambo 3. Then... It's cutting between Boddicker, I gotta stop calling Boddicker, Griggs and Troutman, yeah. basically getting out of the embassy, going to find Rambo with an old black and white headshot photo that looks like a LinkedIn photo <laughs> that they're showing everyone. It's 80s. Meanwhile, Rambo's like blood sport hand wrapping yeah, like is. his fist. Kickboxer, yeah, by the or way. kickboxer with How the glass and the you. honey. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is it honey? It is honey. It's gotta be honey. Something sounds delicious. So yeah, it does sound good. <laughs> So he's, he's putting these like gloves on and you're like, what is he doing? And he does his classic pose where his back is to you and he puts his headband down and then he tightens his headband and just flexes out his lats and his back. And he's so jacked. And you can see all of his like cuts and scars from like the hell that he's been through. Yeah. And he heads over to this like warehouse. Yep. So (laughs) they have this like stick fight. They fight each other and there's a kicking and hitting and it's a great fight scene. But the craziest part of the fight scene is when he's one and he's standing over the guy and the guy is like looking at him and he's it's very evident Stallone is crazy. Look, Rambo is crazy. Yeah. He is like obviously lost his mind. So the guy's like, all right, I'm good. So he like <laughs> lets him up and they're all fine. They take the money and he's living with a bunch of monks at like a monastery. He gives them the money and he's just found his peace. He's yeah. just up there fixing and building things. It's great. That's, it's the, like, that's the intro to Rambo three. It's It explains everything you need. All you need to know yeah. is that he is able to kill with his bare hands and sticks, but he also <laughs> is hanging out with a bunch of like monks at a monastery. Those sticks are great. Yeah. Like, the whole, the sound of them just like, click, click. I know oh, yeah. it's the best. It's like croquet mallets. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that is my number four. Pick. That's a wonderful pick. I, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> Max, that takes you to your number three. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around every once in a while. You could miss it. Ferris freaking Bueller. It is so choice. This was, this missed the cut. This was my first on the cut. If we had done top six, this was my shame my on you. I know. Wow. You didn't have Rambo three. Don't say shame on me. We can both have shame. Talk, talk yeah. Ferris. So the coolest high school senior ever is determined to have his ninth day off. Is it nine? Nine, nine times. times? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to barf up a lung in the next one. It's, so I <laughs> want, I love Chicago. It's the best Chicago movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just like the coolest, most fun time you could have at a movie. And it starts off. Back in the day, the fourth wall breaking, talking to the audience. Sure. That wasn't a thing. Wasn't like, a big thing. Yeah. And it's so much fun. Yeah. I, I just, I, I mean, this only cost $6 million, which is crazy to me. Made 70.1. I mean, John Hughes written and directed. Sure. Alan Ruck is talented. Tw- 27 years old, which is insane, <laughs> but whatever. Okay. Intro. <laughs> so like you get the radio voice. I love when you get to know things about uh, the movie with the radio. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. It's 75 degrees and sunny in Chicago today. There's blue, simple lettering across the screen, no music. And then you see on the black screen, like for God's sakes, look at him, honey. And you see <laughs> Ferris's face. His eyeballs are bulging out. He looks like, I mean, he's on the brink of death. Yeah. And, and no fever. You know, his parents say no fever. Sure. And he, he looks up to his family. He goes, Papa, <laughs> I can get up. I have a test today. You can tell like he's hamming it up. Yeah. This is William Shatner level. Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Yeah. This is a ham sandwich. And Jeannie. Oh, she's the best. Jennifer Grey. She's so good in this. So I didn't realize this the first time. The way they look at her for the first time, she's tapping her foot. She's yeah. got the leg warmers on. Oh, she's so black, pissed off. Black jeans, like kind of a metal belt, mm-hmm. like the kind of scary nails that girls have when they're like really angry. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm, yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't know. No, it's okay. But if, you know what I mean? Like, if you say so. Oh, man, I'm going to. You're excited. I'm going to get mail about that. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, Jeannie, is that you? <laughs> like, he can't even see. It's so good. And then he like mouth bite winks and gives her the shh. Kind of that like, shh. Doesn't she say bite the big one? Yeah. yeah. What, what Ferris is dishing out you could dry out and fertilize the lawn yeah so yeah. i mean great john hughes and ferris is just the coolest guy i mean like you're like okay i'm in with this guy and he's just being adorable with the family with his mom and dad he's like ringy dingy remember <laughs> when like just give him a call when they close the door it's all done and it's this very sweet music over it and then he looks up at you he goes they bought it yeah and you're like no way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that whole the whole sequence after that is just like you learn everything that you need to know about him oh one of the worst performances of my career so he's like i've done this a million times yeah. Yeah. And the barfing up a long line. Oh, and then like the, the when the, the actual bullets come up, like it's a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, about how to, like, fake, how yeah. to fake sick oh, with the clammy the hands. Best. So I guess Hughes thought that scene was too boring. So he put the clips afterwards. Like oh, put the so little, smart. Yeah, yeah. So smart. <laughs> and he gives you the life moves pretty fast line too. And I mean, he's showering. He's got the mohawk. The, Foreshadowing Doc. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And also, I didn't realize when he's doing the clammy hands thing, he's putting his trophy so that his snore machine for a snore machine yeah, yeah all these so, little like like foreshadowing moments in the beginning yeah 
yeah, yeah. Yep. Five minutes, 43 seconds. And then they go into Ben Stein and it's just perfect. It's yeah. like, you know, everything you need to know about. Agree. It's a great call. It's a great pick. I, I have nothing I flushed to argue. You did. You get, you get really excited. You're a very excitable young man. Uh, and that is your number three pick. Yep. And that means I'm on my number three pick. Coming to America, 1988. Oh, that's really fun. Yeah, yeah. right? I mean, so like, uh, again, a great movie. Well, Everything about this movie is fantastic. So Coming to America, the movie is about Prince Akeem, played by Eddie Murphy, who is the Prince of Zamunda. James Earl Jones is his father. King, James Earl Jones. King Joppy Joffer. And his best friend, Semi, played by Arsenio Hall. So good in this role and never good in anything else. Uh, he had moments. I thought he was funny in the Arsenio Hall show. I used to watch it. That's, I, not, was, that's not a movie. It's not a movie, but he did stuff. <laughs> he certainly wasn't good in like, Coming to America too. Yeah, there somebody. it is. All right, anyways. So this movie is basically about Prince Akeem and he's supposed to get married and he wants to find his own wife and he wants to forge his own path. So of course, where does he go? America. So he goes to the globe, spins it, drops his finger. And where would he find a queen? But in Queens, New York. I love that. Yeah. This movie is probably, God, it's up there, Max. It's probably one of my two favorite Eddie Murphy movies. I mean, Beverly Hills Cop and Coming Trading to America. Trading Places is better. That's, oh, that's really good too. Yeah. Trading, this one's more wholesome. This is really good. Um, the intro to this movie is so okay let me give you a couple cool facts about this right about the intro because that's that's the wild thing that i i studied and learned about so the song that's being played at the beginning of this movie is mabube have you heard what mabube is (laughs) no you have you just don't know you have so mabube was turned into a song called the lion sleep tonight oh the version you've heard is by the tokens yeah that's the version that you've heard um it's like a like a doo-wop band that that did the song the South African chorus, Ladysmith Black Mambazo, is who did this version for this movie. Where'd and you find this? Because I dug in deep. Because when I was listening to the opening credits of this and the opening sequence, I'm like, this sounds like The Lion Sleep Tonight, but I couldn't. And it is. It is basically The Lion Sleeps Tonight. It's this beautiful aerial shot of the palace, of the land that they have. And it comes right into, you see Oha. Oha is like the, I don't know, butler, right? Yeah, I like him. I like him too. Uh, especially when he does the singing. Oh, yeah. Yo, queen. queen. Yeah. Not Mr. Randy Watson. <laughs> so anyways, it, the movie starts off. You have Prince Akeem sleeping peacefully in his bed and they bring this like five part orchestra and start playing light music to wake him up. And then the entire sequence is he is literally cared for in every possible way you could think Rose of. petals. Oh yeah. Well, so it starts with um, <laughs> the balcony. You hear birds chirping. The flower girls all say, good morning, your highness. Uh, Oha says, happy birthday, your highness. They put his shoes on for him. They put his robe on for him. They bathe him in a way that I can't really talk about oh, on this God. show. <laughs> um, he gets clean. He gets clean. That's all you need to know. <laughs> and, and then like they brush his teeth. When I remember watching this the first time. It was so funny. They open the bathroom door and he says, oh, Han, it is my 21st birthday. You think perhaps just once I would use the bathroom by myself. And Ohan just looks at him and says, most amusing, sir. Wipers! <laughs> I love he claps everything. Would you want wipers? Uh, not in about 15 years. I'm, I'm good with that. I, I, I probably get in my like late 50s. Oh, yeah. we're all going to get there. Yeah. That's what I say. I, I tell Trish all the time. That's why I got married. Because <laughs> to someone younger, I'm going to need help. Uh, oh, I know. Lucky her, right? So the intro to this is another example of you know everything you need to know. Yep. And it's just done in this really fun, exciting way. Um, but that I picked this. It was just an easy one for me to pick. I think this movie is hilarious. And the opening scene sets the stage for fish out of water stories are heavily predicated you need the water beforehand bingo that's you perfectly put so yeah. like it sets the stage for how disjointed yeah. he is gonna be when he yeah. goes to queens new york <laughs> like, he's in the mets uh, right. jacket oh my god yeah, yeah. yes oh it's the best we should dress for our next picture thing we should do the mets jackets oh, and, the, and, really the good idea. and yeah. get the little hair ponytail yeah. thing i don't know i don't know probably not <laughs> yeah that covers my that's a wonderful one i thought you'd enjoy it it's warm and fuzzy max before we go to our number two picks because we're getting close. Yeah. We probably should take a moment for the best opening scene advertisement ever. That, that was forced. Was that forced? <laughs> how about ad time? In a world. Well, no, that's trailers. No, that's trailers. Uh, how, about, how about we just do the ads? Yeah. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Capsiva Pain Relieving Gel. And I can tell you that if you're sitting at a table across from a guy who has to go to the bathroom every 25 minutes, True. you're going to get arthritis. You're going to get muscle soreness, psoriasis. Um, Capsiva is all Sorry. natural. It's okay. <laughs> Capsiva is all natural and designed to increase blood flow for the healing and pain relief process. Uh, try it for free at capsiva.com. That's C-A-P-S-I-V-A.com. 
And uh, you know, Max, I'm an old man and I need this kind of stuff. It works. It's, it's, it's great stuff. Yeah, it's like Wilford Brimley and Cocoon. You know what I mean? It's, you feel revitalized. It, that's exactly what it's like. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Lindsay Larravee Photography. Uh, if you have checked out our website, hopefully you have. You've seen the amazing photos that were put up there. Lindsay, so good. Yeah, Lindsay and her team did all of those. She teased my hair. She was, she was fun to work with. Uh, just made the whole experience really exciting for us. She has been taking photos of families, children, and smiles in Metro Detroit since 2017. Um, she loves what she does, and it shows. She works with her clients, catches everything in the moment, and adores watching the connections and relationships unfold in front of her lens. If you mention Buzz in the Tower, you get $25 off any family session in 2021. You can find Lindsay on our website under our sponsors page. Uh, check her up and get some work done. She is fantastic. Yeah, she made us look good. She can make anyone look good. That can't do it. No, you, I don't want you. You're not in my band. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm okay with you being my co-host. I'm not okay with you being my singing partner. No. No, that's not going to happen. the shower is really awkward. I, I bet. Uh, no, Ma- we shower together. That's... God almighty. <laughs> All right, Max. Uh, we're down to our number two selections. So what do you what do you got? This, You're up. This is my wild card. This oh, one, this, man. This movie's out UHF? of UHF? <laughs> what was the intro of UHF? God, I don't remember. All right, there you yeah, go. Okay. I mean, so this movie is out of its mind. I mean, I'll see if I can jog your memory. See if I can do this right, right? Your disease, not my cure. Cobra! Yeah. Oh, Cobra! How's that? That's like, a great bit. It's a terrible slow. Like with a cold. No, uh, you're the disease, <laughs> I'm the cure. That's better. Yeah. yeah, a little bit better. Not a ton better. Yeah. Just better than yours. This is the wildest Sylvester Stallone movie Cobra ever. is grossly underappreciated. It's insane. And when you look at the Stallone catalog, it gets ignored a lot. Yeah, so 1986, this is coming off Rocky IV. Yeah, yeah. Could do whatever he wanted. Sure. He oh, and he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this and over the top. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he's just like, screw it. He's I like, do a, give me my pen. I want an arm wrestling movie about divorce. And I want a cop movie about someone who looks a little bit like... <laughs> Bruce Springsteen with a badge. Oh, no, you know what he looks like is uh, George Michael and Faith. No, what the hell's the guy's name from Greece? Who's Travolta's character oh, in Greece? Danny. Danny Zuko. Yeah, he looks like Danny Zuko in the yeah, beginning of this. The tightest jeans yeah. that I like surgically put him in. <laughs> I can't believe I could remember his name. Yeah. So for those who haven't seen it, tough on crime, zombie squad, cop uh, must protect the witness to a murderous cult with far-reaching plans. First of all, the cult in this movie really th- intense. They don't explain why anything's going on. No, but on. they're they're an anarchist cult. They're yeah, into all yeah. types of weird stuff. Yeah. They're, and that one woman who's a cop who's part of the cult. They're heroes of the new world. Oh, right? my yeah. God. Yeah. I guess he wrote a bunch of this stuff when he was on. Recovering Be- from concussions <laughs> from filming Rocky IV. <laughs> on Beverly Hills Cop when he was, he wanted to be oh, got Axel it, got it, got Cabretti. It. Yeah, yeah. So, like, a lot of the ideas that they were like, you're out of your mind. He's like, okay, I'll make my own movie. So, that's his thing, right? Like, he gets scripts and he's like, no, that's cute and everything, but I wrote Rocky. Give, yeah. give me my eraser. And he just butchers <laughs> them and rewrites them as he wants it. Pretty much. So, the weird thing about this movie in the Sylvester Stallone catalog, normally he's a sensitive guy. Right. Like Rocky, he gets beaten up. Nighthawks, you know, gets yelled at a sure. bunch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rambo, you know, he's broken. This is like the too cool for school. This is like the Arnold role. Well, to be fair, if you think about in Rambo, in, in First Blood Part 2 and Rambo 3, it's a huge transition. He's not the vulnerable guy. He becomes like the action hero. He loves that girl with the jade necklace. He, he no, he migrates to full blown. But he, this this is out of this is him saying, "Hey, I see you, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll raise you, Terminator." <laughs> yeah, you know, bananas. So I guess there's an X-rated work print of this that's thirty to forty minutes longer. <laughs> Why is it X-rated? Violence. Well, I mean, him and Brigitte Nelson were married at the time. So, so there you go. Yeah, maybe so, a little. Yeah, yeah. There you go. yeah. All right. <laughs> didn't, they, didn't, didn't they get married on your birthday? They did. I know. Yeah, I was my actual birthday, that, December fifteenth, nineteen eighty-five. Well, there for all the people that know your name and birthday, they can certainly hack your bank account now. So good for <laughs> my you. Social security number is easy. Yeah. I don't think you know it, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> so you'll love this though. You know, Stan Bush's The Touch. Yeah, uh, it was written for this movie. What? Yeah. Oh and my god. They you were, got the touch. <laughs> wouldn't that have been great? Perfect. And I love that Cabretti eats pizza with scissors. By the way, I have to tell you that Transformers the movie almost made my list. Really? That was a near miss for me because yeah. of Galvatron at the beginning and Orson Welles' That's really voice. Good, yeah. it, it almost made my yeah. list. Last crazy fact. So after Top Gun came out, this movie was a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And Sly goes, crap, we're going to get blown out of the water. So yeah. they cut like an like 45 minutes or an hour out of it so they could have more run times per day. Oh, so that's why there's so many right. plot holes in this bananas movie. <laughs> that's why. It was, <laughs> it was just basically like a well put together <laughs> script until that happened, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, intro. So first of all, this is a 12-minute intro. Right. This is a long one. It's an amazing <laughs> intro. <laughs> the red lettering they use is the same one they use as Rambo, so he knows where his bread's buttered. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So there's a white ivory gun handle with a cobra on it, and you see a hand grabbing the piece, and you get Sly going, in America. He just says there's a crime, like, every five seconds, all the time. I can't do it. I can't say the word burglary. <laughs> see? I can't say it. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Just go. And when he's done with all the crimes, a gun blast, you follow the bullet, and then it's like red lighting, a motorcycle, and he's going to a convenience store somewhere in LA. Yeah. There's this weird looking dude who looks like Edward James almost his kid, basically. <laughs> and he just like walks in. It's hot out, and he's wearing like a big jacket. Sure. And one of the guys, like, sir, can I help you? <laughs> Doesn't care. <laughs> walks in, takes a shotgun out, shoots the produce, and just like starts going bananas. Right. And, okay, so hostage situation, cops come in, there's helicopters everywhere. I mean, this is it's insane. It's I, intense. Yeah. And they're splashing this with the cult. Yeah, because they're cutting back and forth between Yeah, it. the yeah, cult yeah. has two axes that they're cutting together yeah. and like slamming together for music, like stomp. Yeah. It's I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like a really weird stop. I don't know. And yeah. like there's skulls and tattoos and you're, you're, it's clear he's part of it, but yeah. you have no idea but why. But you immediately, to your point on this, you immediately learn what Cabretti's all about. Yeah. Like just he's the death squad, right? Yeah. Like, so yeah, they don't want to bring him in either. Right. But they have to. They have to. <laughs> he comes in in the 1950 Mercury Cougar with the awesome 50 license plate. And you're just like, okay, this guy's different than everybody else. So he just casually walks in, drinks a beer hangs out, yells at the guy. He's like, you're a lousy shot after he kills somebody and finally kills the guy with a knife and then saves the day. Didn't there like a little girl is hostage at some point? Yeah, and yeah. he, he mouse like, come on. You know, I got you. Well, this is a 12 minute, you know, intro. It's I, a long it, intro. It took me a long, it took me a long time. Yeah, I feel like you need like a Tylenol and some water. <laughs> yeah. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. <sighs> Cobra was a good call. Yes. Uh, oh, and when he goes, I'll kill them all. He goes, go ahead. I don't shop here. <laughs> Stallone. <laughs> Oh, all right, Max, you ready for my number two? Yeah. In the same vein as yours, because uh, it's got action, Lethal Weapon 2, 1989. Oh, that is so good. Yeah. Uh, Richard Donner, written by Shane Black, although they butchered his ending because Shane Black had, uh, had Riggs dying yeah. at the end of this. Would have been great, too. Uh, maybe. With, with the character that he maybe, like, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe. So uh, Mel Gibson is Martin Riggs, Danny Glover is Roger Murtaugh, Joe Pesci is Leo Getz, because okay, whatever okay, you need, okay, Leo okay. Getz. Uh, Steve Kahn is Captain Murphy. Kahn. Uh, see, it's it's interesting because some people say their last name when it's K-H-A-N, Kahan, and other people say Khan. I'm going with Khan because yeah. of Star Wars or Star Trek. Maybe I can remember it. Um, so, and then I have to throw this in there. Jeanette Goldstein and Mark Rolston, who also appeared in Aliens, were two of the other police officers. Yeah. Um, Vasquez and, oh man, the guy's name is escaping, but Va I remember Vasquez for sure. So in Lethal Weapon 2, we're dealing with uh, uh, Krugeron. Yeah. And essentially we have these South, South, Africans. South Africans who are using diplomatic community to avoid getting in trouble with the police. They're, they're running drugs. They're doing all types of awful being things. Being they're terrible. When you flip this on, so first of all, you get the Warner Brothers shield that pops up. Yep. And then if you listen to it, you get the beginning of the Looney Tune music. It goes dun really? dun dun dun, yeah. and it stops, and then it's Lethal Weapon Two. And immediately after you hear that, oh, I got to back up. I got to back up just because I have two cool facts about this, and then I'll go into it. One that you brought up before, but I'm gonna add an element to it. So the prop Beretta Mel Gibson uses in this movie, Bruce Willis, Die Hard, right? Yes. More than that, he uses it in Lethal Weapon 3, Lethal Weapon 4. He also used it in Die Hard and Die Hard 2 and Die Hard with a Vengeance. Wow. It's been in all of them. It's the same prop gun. Isn't Where's that it? wild? Where is it now? I, for our uh, memorabilia. That's what we should have listed yeah, this yeah. prop gun because it's been so much cool stuff. Danny DeVito was also considered for Leo Gatz. That would be good. He would have been great. Um, And I think that's all. Yes, that's all I have. So let me get into this. When they immediately cut from the Warner Brothers sign and, yep. and you get the Lethal Weapon 2, the first thing that you hear is God, I love this job. You literally hear Riggs screaming, horns honking, and him saying, God, I love this job. It cuts back to the station where you've got Captain Murphy and a few of the other police officers, and they're hearing the dispatch. It's two different cars in pursuit, and a couple of the cops come in and say, um, who's in pursuit? And they say, oh, we got Riggs and Murtaugh. Someone says 20 bucks on Riggs and Murtaugh. Who's driving? And then another person says Murtaugh, his wife's station wagon. And the oh, guy's yeah. like, oh, forget it. I'm not taking the bet. So there's this like. It's Dean Norris. Yeah. Right? And yeah. there's this like silliness and like goofiness that's already right taking place it. that yeah. goes right into it. Yeah. And then the relationship between Riggs and Murtaugh, you have to remember like Lethal Weapon 1, it's like, I'm getting too old for this. Why'd you stick me with the crazy guy? Lethal Weapon 2, like they're best friends He's now. Invigorated. And they are, they are flying around. The opening part of this movie is white knuckles 
knuckle <laughs> insanity. They're just like flying around acting crazy. He gets Riggs hops out of the station wagon, is on foot running after this guy. Murtaugh catches up with him. He gets get in the car. He gets in the car. He goes, I'm driving. I'm driving. He's driving. Uh, tr his wife's name is Trish. Uh, her station wagon. Brand new one. Yeah. Says, I can make it. I can make it. Peels next to him to go up against the guardrail and just scratches and destroys yep. the entire vehicle. <laughs> looks at Riggs. There's this beat, this one moment in the, in the intro. You got to watch this where he looks at him and says, you were right. You know, there wasn't enough room. <laughs> And Murtaugh just looks at him like he wants to kill him. So they eventually get there. The insanity of this opening scene, right? The other vehicle, a chopper shows up out of nowhere and picks up the two guys and takes them off. Of course. As they're shooting fully automatic weapons at yeah. the cops. They finally catch up with the red BMW. Yep. It flips. The guy escapes. Cougaran. And they kick the they kick the trunk open and all the Cougaran falls out. Oh my out. god, I would have taken that stuff. That's the opening sequence of the movie. It's like yeah. pure action. Like you know what you just you know what ticket you just bought to this movie. Yeah, it's the perfect you know what happened in Lethal Weapon 1. Here's what they're doing now. Absolutely. And and you know it's it's really interesting because it's very rare that sequels do as good as the first movie. This one's better. Made 82 million more than the first movie domestically. It's a better movie. It is. And totaled 147 million domestically. Yeah. That's crazy. That's this, crazy. This is Donner's like shining example of movies. Yeah. Another little uh, Easter egg is when the South African killer waiter, remember when he falls into the pool? <laughs> Your burger and fries. When he gets yeah. out of the pool, you can see Nagatomi Plaza from Die Hard uh, in the background. That's Fox's headquarters, right? <laughs> well, it's Joel Silver also produced both pictures. That's yeah, yeah. why he did that. So cool. yeah, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. So that is my number two pick, Lethal Weapon 2. I, I, on top of loving this movie, that opening sequence to me is a classic example of like action film opening sequence showing you what's going on. Uh, Max, what is, oh, we're on our number one. Yeah. Okay. Before we go number one, do you have any, I have a couple near misses that should have been in the grouping before we go to number one. Do you have any? I only have a handful. I got a couple. What do you got? Footloose. Just the dancing feet. Really? <laughs> to the beat. I think that's funny. All right. All right. All yeah. right. Or Commando. <laughs> Commando's on my list. <laughs> so the problem I have with Commando, it's, it's a great intro. Don't it's you just, ever have a problem with Commando? I, you know I have problems with Commando. Uh, I'm not, whatever. I'm not going to get to it. A Commando's on my list. I've got a couple others on top of that that probably should have made my list, but it was hard. Um, Back to the Future. When he, when he's oh, walking, when, no, not Marty wakes up when the he shows, no. Yeah. When the, the clocks, the dog food, yeah. he plugs into the speaker. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Oh, perfect. They're all 10 minutes late. He's like, 10 minutes late. Oh, I'm going to be late doc. And it's like, bam, bam. <laughs> it cuts right into Huey Lewis. And then the only other one I thought would be kind of cool. Well, actually I shouldn't say the only one predator. The only reason I didn't put predator, oh, awesome. the only reason I didn't put predator in the list is, you know how I feel about like, it's a perfect movie, but that one little add on that they did at the beginning when they show the alien craft come down, it, yeah. it pissed me off enough to leave predator off the list. Uh, Goonies. And, and I kind of avoided Goonies the same reason that you avoided Rambo three. Cause I feel like I talk Goonies all the time, yeah. but like that intro, the Fratellis and he, the fake suicide in the jail, then you meet all the characters, you know, mouth is working with his dad on the sink and chunk puts his pizza slice and, and, and uh, like, the milkshake goes and, and dad is working on, uh, you know, one of his gadgets. I, so I thought that was a good one. And my last one, which was would have been nuts, was Bloodsport. What's the intro of Bloodsport? Every single fighter that's in Bloodsport. Oh, yeah. It's showing them training yeah, yeah, in their own area. Is, I remember I watched that when we first started doing the 80s movies. Yeah, yeah. This is one of the first ones you made me watch. Yeah. The first five minutes I texted you, like, dear God, yeah. this is incredible. And so, like, it shows, like, Chung Lee is, is hitting, like, ice blocks that yeah. are on ropes. And I thought that was cool. But happy with my list nonetheless. But those are my backup ones. All right, Max, we're on number one, the big one go what do you got what's your number one so this is the greatest intro scene in the oh I, I gotta interrupt you uh empire strikes back that could have slid in there too I, with hoth yeah hoth was pretty cool <laughs> all right all right sorry go number yeah. one go yeah go okay so this i felt is, guilty i had to put that out there okay that's fair this is the best this is the incredible <laughs> normally i don't like flashbacks i think they're trash but this one flashback this oh, one solidifies why a person was who they are i'm going to indiana jones and the last crusade Really? Da, 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 da. Oh, see, now I thought you would have done Temple of Doom. No. No, no, I get, get it. Get those monkey brains out of here. <laughs> get them out. I, you, you and I talked about this. I love The Last Crusade. Yeah. yeah. It's the best of the three. Oh, man. We don't talk about four. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot South of people. Park all, right, right, go, go, all right, go Correctly. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so, I mean, it explains why Indiana Jones is who he is. Right. And the first time you see this, you weren't expecting to ever get that right. in an Indiana Jones movie. Right. He was just a solidified. He's an archaeologist. It's almost weird they did it on the third one. If they yeah. were going to do it ever, why didn't they do it on the first second? That's why yeah. I love the surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, like, yeah. I had no idea this was coming. Yeah. And so 1938, 
I mean, this is the plot of the movie. 1938, after his father goes missing while pursuing the Holy Grail, Indy finds himself against Hitler's Nazis again. Again, Nazis, Nazis magic. Bad. Nazis God, bad. Yeah. yeah. Sean Connery. <laughs> I mean, uh, can I do it? What? Yeah. Or, or, people, so, people say your Sean Connery is not that great. Or a dependent man will pass. Dependent <laughs> man kneels. Who are people? Wait, wait. Let's go back to that. Who are these people that I'll say? I'll send you snapshots. Some people are saying it. Well, that's crap. <laughs> I just, I haven't done the good one. Junior. Junior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate you so much. Welcome to the rock. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So this is Spielberg's favorite too. And the opening scene is an homage to Spielberg was a boy scout as a kid. Oh, I didn't know. So that. he's Very like, cool. you know, just giving us a salute. Yeah, yeah. And I had no idea who was going to play young Indiana Jones river freaking Phoenix. He was perfect. And, the, and they had his, the plan was to have him keep doing it until his untimely uh, passing. Yeah. He didn't want to do the TV show. Yeah. They actually cast Sean Patrick flattery, mm-hmm. you know, from uh boondock saints. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Who's, not bad, by no, not bad. Yeah, but I guess River Phoenix based his performance not on who Indiana Jones was, but he'd worked with Indy. Uh, he'd worked with Harrison Ford before, and he based it on him interacting with Harrison Ford as a oh, person. Oh, that's funny. So nice. that's why he's got a kind of curmudgeon-y, kind of attitude-y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So intro Paramount Pictures. Got to say it. You know, got got the nice mountaintops, and you're in the desert. And it's a Spielberg film, and you're like, okay, I'm getting excited. And then in white lettering, very understated, it says Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And you're like, what is going on? You're just very confused. There's these Boy Scouts on horses that dismount, and <laughs> Herman, his friend, the fat one, yeah, yeah. just eats it, just falls down. Everyone splits up. John Williams scores flutes and very kind of happy. The whole the whole music score behind this is fun. Mm-hmm. Well, because, I mean, he has plot armor anyways, because right. you know Indy's going to you know grow up to be to who be he is. Indy. Yeah, so yeah. why not have fun with it? It's Utah, 1912. He goes and sees that there's these kind of like grave robbers picking up this cross that's like very valuable. Right. Even then he's like, should be in a museum. Exactly. (laughs) Herman's freaking out because there's a snake on him. Indy grabs the snake. He's like, it's just a snake. And you're like, what am I about to see? That's, like, just uh, the, the foreshadowing yeah. is so great. Yeah, and yeah. like, I mean, River Phoenix, I think this is outside of Stand By Me. This is my favorite performance of sure. this. It might be 10 minutes, but it's like, it's everything. Indi- it's perfect. Yeah. So he steals the cross, sneaks out, runs in the kind of a comical way, tries to get on his horse all cool. He doesn't have all the bugs figured out behind like, you know, like whistling a horse in. Sure. Falls. Then they get, there's a car chasing a horse, which is awesome. And they get on a train. The train is a freaking zoo. zoo. Okay? Uh, oh my yeah. God. Every, uh, the was rhino. It's got. Yeah. It's got a house of reptiles, yeah. which you, I mean, like he goes in the house of reptiles, falls in a pit of giant snakes. I mean, a ton of Adlers, I think they are. Sees a cobra that snaps at him. Not a very realistic looking cobra, if you see it nowadays. Sure, sure. <laughs> but he's, he keeps getting chased. A rhino almost kills him. <laughs> oh, yeah. The yeah. rhino horn uh, busts through the top of the yeah. car that yeah. he's on. Yeah, yeah. And then he's in the lion's den and he grabs the whip to his right. I love this. Yeah. And he does the whip crack and gets the scar on his chin, which is Harrison Ford's scar, not Indiana Jones' scar. Right, right. Yeah. And then obviously you are so fired up right now. <laughs> I've, to be explained, like things that you don't think you're going to get explained and you, they do. It's exciting. It's it's very well done. It's a serotonin dump for me. It's like, it's like, that's what I love. I love going on Reddit and like being like, why is this happening? Or like, what what's the future of this person? What's the background? This is a great person? number one pick. This yeah. is, the, I love the beginning of this movie. And finally, with the magic car, magic car at the end, when he disappears and runs out and they give you the full Indiana theme and he runs home, you don't see his dad and he has to give the cross back to the evil guys and the, the main evil dude who doesn't seem that evil, he's like, you lost today, kid, but it doesn't mean you have to like it. Gives them the hat and then they pan to him as an adult. On the boat. Yeah, uh, it's the best. I it's mean, the best. The intro yeah, is the best. Yeah. And, and even again, like you, I know because you're, you're you're all fired up. Take a deep breath. You did great. You did wonderful. Even when he runs to tell his dad what's going on and his dad's busy and his dad's working on the book yep. that later is going to be the book that he's later going to use to find the Holy Grail. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's incredible. And you see Indy's dog too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> great looking dog. The name the dog, Indiana. <laughs> Junior. Um, no, dude, I, it's a great pick. Your number one pick. I have no flaw with it. I have no flaw with anything you've picked today except three men and a baby. Not even a flaw. Just caught me off guard. But the solid picks. Uh, Max, my number one. Wow. We're here. I literally have no idea. (laughs) This. Okay. I had to pick this. I didn't have a choice. Dark Crystal? No. Top Gun. 1986 Top Gun. Oh, wow. I, 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 like, how how do you not pick Top Gun? I mean, yeah. aside from the fact that we're buzzing the tower, yeah. aside from the fact, like, <laughs> how do you not pick Top Gun? That's incredible. The theme song alone. Directed by Tony Scott, who, by the way, was fired three times when making this movie really? for being over budget. <laughs> he was pink slipped three times. Have you ever heard that before? No. Found that out. That's awesome. When I dig up my facts, I'm like, boy, we've covered a lot of Top Gun, so I had to really go deep. Tom Cruise's Maverick, Val Kilmer as Iceman, there it is. Anthony Edwards as Goose, Kelly McGillis as Charlie, Sean Stockwell as Cougar, Tim Robbins as Merlin, and James Tolkien as Mr. Strickland from Back to the Future. Oh, Rick Rossovich. A.K.A. Stinger. Oh. I don't care about anybody else. Slider. I'm not going through everyone. Oh. So let me give you some facts about this movie before I dive in. Hit me. 
I knew that the Pentagon helped with this film. Like I knew that they had a part to play in $400 million, right? No, they, they worked hand in hand with the filmmakers. They only charged Paramount $1.8 million for warplane usage. So they ate the cost. Yeah. It's, and I guess in theory, right? The taxpayers ate the cost and they also had a huge hand in the script. So the original script had Goose's death as a midair collision. Mm. They changed it because they didn't want to freak out pilots sure. and like hurt things that were on. They also camped out recruiters outside of the theater. I heard that. I, I didn't realize that. I knew they did work, but I didn't know they did outside of the theater. Didn't recruitment increase by like 500%? An insane amount. The soundtrack, just the soundtrack of this, during the summer and fall in 86, it was the number one album on the Billboard charts for a few weeks and by April of 87, it had gone platinum four times. Wow. That's not a song on it. That's the soundtrack. Well, bangers on it. Oh this. my God. Take yeah, My Breath absolutely. Away, Danger Zone. Kilmer did not want to do this. He was uh, contractually obligated by the studio. I'm glad he did. I am also glad he did it. Um, and then, dangerous. did you know, this is, a, this is my last fact, which I think is fascinating. This is based on a real thing. Like, there is a Top Gun. Oh, like, really? Yeah. The, like, there is, like, this fighter pilot school that's, like, for the best of the best, the elite. And if you're a part of that and you quote Maverick, Charlie, Iceman, Goose, or anyone else from the film, you get fined $5. <laughs> they <laughs> fine everyone in there for quoting anything in Top Gun. No need for speed? R- pretty much, uh-huh. right? Great ball of fire! So this movie is about Maverick, who is a lone wolf, doesn't play by the rules. He does not. Chip on his shoulder because his father was a pilot. Right. And be a psycho. He chases planes with his motorcycle. There's a lot of weird (laughs) stuff going on. But basically, Maverick gets put into Top Gun, this elite training school for the best pilots that are out there. And that's what this movie is about, is kind of his character development from being uh, a risk and dangerous to being someone who will be in your be your wingman anytime he and save really and protect you. This is my number one beginning to any movie in the 80s. The opening part of this movie, first of all, the Top Gun anthem is the most m- melodic, beautiful song. It's like, boom, boom. It's very epic. Boom, boom. With those like nice skies. Too. Oh my yeah. God. So the opening of this, you get your classic, the font is Top Gun font. Mm-hmm. I know this because this is what know, our font is. This is what our font is <laughs> we use for our logo. <laughs> On March 3rd, 1969, the United States Navy established an elite school for the top 1% of its pilots. Its purpose was to teach the lost art of aerial combat and ensure that the handful of men who graduated were the best fire pilots in the world. They succeeded. (laughs) That's incredible. That's so Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah, and then the next part says, today the Navy calls it Fighter Weapons School. The Flyers call it Top Gun. (laughs) So it, it cuts from that music to danger zone. Like it, yeah. it, it's, it's, there's not even a break. It literally fades into danger zone and it's just all the air traffic control people on the, on the hot, Drink, on the hot coffee. Yeah, like yeah. on the deck They're They're like making sure they're flagging. They've got their lights up and down. You're like, you're, you're sitting in the theater and you're like, Oh my God, what's about to happen? And then boom, you're in a dog fight. Yep. You got, you got Maverick and Goose. Yeah. They're out there flying. Um, you've got, uh, principal Strickland <laughs> who's, who's like, who do we have? And they're like Maverick and Goose. And he's like, Oh, and like, and just the intensity of it all, right? That they know like this is about to be an international, like, are we expecting a guest today? Yeah. And it's about to become this international incident. It's just incredible, right? So they immediately see these MIGs and they're like, oh, we got MIG 28s. No one's ever been this close to one before. And while this is all going on, the character development, you understand who Maverick is right away. Left his side, came back, yep. you know, took the photo upside down, inverted, Inversion. playful, goofing around, but Cougar gets his caged rattled. Yeah. Like he has to be basically, you know, lowered in by Maverick. And then as you see Cougar turn in his wings and he turns around and Maverick and Goose have to go in there and talk to Principal Strickland and Stinger, sorry. And Stinger is <laughs> telling him like, you know, you were number two, Cougar's number one, Cougar's out. Now you're number one. Mind you, this is after he says your ego's writing checks, your body can't cash. I get told that daily. Every, every day. <laughs> the, the beginning of this movie, I mean, Max, this is like, it's the ultimate joyride. Like yeah. you, you, you leave that opening sequence knowing that you are in for something. Oh, incredible. you're ready to rock. Yeah. yeah. Like Top Gun rock and roll. <laughs> and Max, that is my number one. That's, I mean, that's, that's the exclamation point on yeah. the end of this episode. Boom. Max, let's head on over to our buzz in the tower fan spotlight. Max, very special Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight today. I'm very excited. Because in our backyard. nothing makes me happier than giving some uh, some hometown cooking. I, yeah. I'm a big fan. We've got Mark Cooper. Check him out on Instagram. His handle is It's Mark Cooper. And he is a rapper, producer, musician, and nerd. His words. I'm not calling him a nerd. He's calling himself He's a nerd. He's a nerdcore rapper. Nerdcore rapper. Uh, 
super talented. Definitely check out his Instagram. You can also check out his website, which is it's markcooper.com. It's markcooper.com. Thank you to Spotify. He's got over a million downloads. He has songs that like Splice and He Man and Cobra Kai. Oh my gosh, he's got the power glove in his is in, in his uh, picture. This, I mean, enough said, right? Yeah. Um, so we reached out to Mark to see what his favorite opening scene was from an '80s movie, and uh, I will let Mark speak for himself. Here you go. My name is Mark Cooper, and I would say my favorite. 80s intro of all time is gotta be the Terminator and the reason why that's my favorite is because it automatically grabbed me in and strapped me in for letting me know what's going on here I love the the synth combinations I love the futuristic aspect of it because I'm definitely a, a Tron fan Robocop all those it's just that movie to me just really set the tone it's something I really genuinely enjoy. Like from from seeing just, you know, it just basically gave me the synapses, the movie where it needed to be. And it was one of those kind of movies where even when they were just doing the title cards of it, it just made it really, really iconic for me. I love the, like I'm a huge Synthwave fan, so I like all the, you know, the Danger Zone and the, you know, from Karate Kid, you're the best around and and, you know, Beverly Hills Cop, like, I love all those particular things, but it's like Terminator got me ready for that. And that's what I was really inspired. It's like one of my favorite, you know, scored films, you know, I've ever, you know, I've ever seen. And it's just a really amazing story. So that's why I love those. And that's my favorite intro of all time for the 80s. Oh, that's a really good call. So I didn't even good. think about that. So you got the, the, the beginning of that movie is great. It's kind of split into two parts, right? So the intro intro. Freaky. Yeah, you've got the the tank that's running over the skulls of the humans that have been killed by the robots. It's got that big paragraph talking about like the war and the nuclear blast and, and the, the, and the machines. Yeah, yeah. Then it cuts to the guy in the dumpster. Yep. Uh, the guy in the dump dumpster, truck. dump truck. And Arnold shows up butt naked. Yep. And then he kills, uh, we've brought this up Bill before. Paxton. Bill Paxton. Yeah. And the, and the Night Slasher. Night Slasher's yep. there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So great call. The whole purpose of this episode, which I hope everybody understood, and, and Mark did an outstanding job. Great call, Mark. Was to identify these movies that when you see the beginning. You're locked and loaded. You're like, oh my God, this what is this? Yeah. This is fantastic. Let's do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. You perk so, up in your seat. You're like, all right. So couldn't be happier. So that takes us to the end of our episode. And since we started talking about beginnings, now we're at the end. It all makes sense, right? Things start at the beginning. I don't know where I'm at. The end, I yeah. don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know where <laughs> I am. I'm all excited. You got me all jazzed. Uh, a warm, friendly reminder. We have an extended contest going on right now. One celebrity. One celebrity. Yeah. Not even not even a celebrity. Just someone who's in an '80s movie. Yeah. Just get him. Get him to say hi, Buzz in the Tower, and weird, you win a fifty dollars gift card. Robert Downey Jr.'s friend. There you go. Max. Perfect. Max. Perfect. He was, he was in Nightmare on Elm Street. He too. was. Yeah. He was. Uh, he was super aggressive. <laughs> He was like hiding from the cops. Yeah, yeah very aggressive. Um, so on, in addition to that, like us, follow us, subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get those downloads coming in. Uh, follow us on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Yeah, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review just, us. Just be like, hey, great podcast. Yeah, we love you guys. Yeah. Good to hear your voice. Max is pretty good. MG's fantastic. Something way, like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Vice versa. Like. It's good. Well, not really vice versa. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> Max, I got nothing else other than this is a good episode. They're all good episodes. I, I love this. I love you. Yeah. I'm in love. Wow. I'm in love. Strange. That's, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> Cue the Paramount Mountains. Oh, well, I'll, I'll splice a little sound in. We'll do something at the end. Okay. That'd be good. What's your favorite one? Oh, the Lion. The Lion's the really good. Yeah. I don't know. The Warner Brothers, like, I like the Looney Tune Warner Brothers that they did at Lethal Weapon 2, and they've done it in a couple other movies, too. You see the family guy where it keeps being intros to uh, movies, like movie production studios no. over and over again? Oh, no. I haven't seen that. Frustrated. Oh, that's yeah. funny. I'll have to check that out. Uh, Max, I will talk with you next week. And uh, just a little teaser, I do think we're looking at doing uh, Swayze. Pat Patrick Swayze episode soon. So keep your ears peeled for that yeah and on that have a good evening be nice until it's time not to be nice there you go i thought you'd be bigger <laughs> later, later. you're still here it's over go home go